Um, God has been speaking to us. Um, actually, I mean, let me say uh, for the past, uh, let me say three, four months. God's been speaking to us every day, actually. But he's been focusing specifically on some few things in the past uh, few months, few weeks. And um, um, on Friday, God also spoke to us powerfully. Some of the word that uh, Ryan brought onto us on Friday was very powerful. And my message actually would continue from the last five minutes of Richard's preach last week. And uh, also from the prophetic word that came on Friday. And um, um, what Ryan brought to us uh, this morning. So I would just like us to watch a video clip uh, that I'm sure you will like. Okay, so let's watch that first before we look at the mind of Christ. One Corinthians 15 began with the gospel of Jesus dying for our sins and rising again in victory so that we might be brought from death to life. Jesus forgave us of our sins, destroyed the power of sin and death, ascended into heaven and poured out the Holy Spirit so that we could live in love and power and wonderfully partner with him. But he always promised that he would return. We would get to play our part and then he would return. And so we just finish off that 1 Corinthians 15 passage from verse 50. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the imperishable inherit the, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It gives you great hope. It enables you to persevere. And it also spurs you into action because you know this is the time for you. This is your time. Heaven must receive him until the fullness of time comes for the restoration of all things. But in the meantime, we are not afraid to participate in the sufferings of Christ. We are not afraid to face whatever life throws at us because we are in him. And our hope is sure and it's certain. He is coming again. And we say, come Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. This is the gospel, my friends. This is the gospel. Yes. That is the gospel. You know, when he read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, not 90% to the work of the Lord. 
fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not in vain. Brothers and sisters, should I quickly tell you something this morning? We've got, God has given us a work to do. This is not a time to be complacent. This is not a time to be lazy. This is not a time to hear the word of God and not do anything about it. This is the time for action. This is the time for those of us who have not been fully involved in the work of the Lord to rise up. This is the time for us to be obedient to the word of God, to what God is saying to you, not just what people are saying to you. If God has spoken to us, if God has spoken to you, what are you going to do about it? Brothers and sisters, there is work for us to do in our generation. And it calls for all of us to be involved. Statistics shows all over the world in the church that 20% of people in the church will do 80% of the work in the church. We have been praying that that will not be our lot in this church. So is it okay for me to be very, very proactive this morning? Oh, I'm not hearing you. Is it okay for me to speak the truth but in love to us this morning? And that there is work for all of us to do. This message this morning is not going to be profitable if you hear it and you don't do anything about it. And I'm not talking about what you would, what you would decide next year. I'm talking about what you will do immediately after the message. So, and how are we going to do that? Please, after the message, go and pray. And ask God, God, what do you want me to do? That's the response. Not even what Kofo is saying. I'm just a voice of the Lord. So I'm not even just asking you to do Something. I'm asking you to go back, pray about all the messages we've been hearing in the past six, eight weeks, and what are you going to do about it? Is that okay? Do you still love me? Yes. Thank you. So let's look at Philippians chapter 2. I will read from verse 1 to verse 11. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God nothing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being formed in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
It is amazing, it is wonderful that Jesus left his throne in heaven. He came here on this earth. He died for us. He was crucified just for you and for me. He rose again and he ascended to heaven. One of the first things that we ought to realize is that what Jesus did for us, the Bible says that we were not redeemed by perishable things like silver and gold, but by imperishable things. The Bible says it took us out of our empty way of life and redeemed us by his blood to free us from the dominion, from the kingdom of darkness, and to, and, and to bring us to the kingdom of his son. The Bible says it was for freedom that Jesus Christ set us free. The Bible says he bore our sins, he bore our iniquity, and our sickness. That was why Jesus came, my friend. And when he ascended, he poured the Spirit upon us, like we were singing today. <laughs> Good news. God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of timidity. God has not given us the spirit for us to be afraid, to be lukewarm, to be lazy. God has not given us the spirit for us not to do anything. God has given us the spirit of power, of sound mind, of love and self-discipline. That is the spirit that is inside us, my friends. God cannot meet you where you are and not make your life better after you have encountered him. That was what Jesus did. So the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, that if we say we abide in Christ, if we say we live in Christ, if we say we have gotten the revelation of his death, of his resurrection, and we are looking forward to the hope of his second coming. The word of God is encouraging us to live as he lives, to walk as he walked, not to how we feel we should walk, to walk as he walked. So the Bible now talks, uh, says in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. NIV says, let your attitude be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Hmm. What is the mind of Christ? You know, I love to do what Jesus did. I want to heal the sick, and God has helped me. I've been able to do that. I've prophesied. I've done many things that Jesus did. But that is like outward manifestation of what was happening inside him. What was propelling Jesus to do what he did? 
Why did he decide to leave his glory in heaven to come for me, to come for you? What was his mindset? So I want us to look at the mindset of Christ. What was, what informed his thinking? What informed his reasoning? And the Bible says that if you say you want to live like Christ, what informed his thinking and reasoning should be also in you. Are you following me? Don't worry, we're going to land somewhere in a good place. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible talks about tradition of men. Not after the philosophy of Christ. Philosophy, if you look at the Greek word for philosophy, you divide it into two. The first aspect, philo, philio means love. Sophie, Sophia means wisdom, the love of wisdom. What, what informs your decision making? The, 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 the mind is like the seat of judgment. We all have philosophies in life. Your outlook to life. The lens through which you, you see the world and you react to it. So the Bible is saying, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. What is the first thing? The Bible says, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. This is very, very powerful for me. Jesus is God. Even God in Hebrews chapter 1 says, your throne, O God. Even God called him God. We, we can't debate about that. But the Bible says he left his glory in heaven and took the nature of a servant. So the first mindset that you will see in Christ Jesus was that when he was coming here on earth, he made up his mind that he was going to serve. Brothers and sisters, if we say we are living in Christ, one of the first things that Jesus redeemed us from was from the empty way of life. But for us to have his mindset, and we need to be looking for how we can serve. Jesus says in Matthew 20, 28, he says that the Son of Man has not come to be served. He didn't expect people to be serving him. But he said to, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If we say we live in Christ, service is a very important point. So when you look at the ministry of Jesus, he was always looking for where to serve. There was a day he was very hungry. Very, very hungry. I can't imagine that. Jesus was so hungry that it had to take 12 men to go and look for food for him. <laughs> and these are experts in their various fields. Peter was a specialist in fish. So he knew the best fish. 
Matthew will calculate the VAT. <laughs> and Thomas will analyze and examine whether the fish was fresh. In fact, if you leave it to Thomas, he will want to go and inspect the kitchen, whether the food was made that day. And Judas Iscariot, you know him. <laughs> it was while this was going on, and he, he met a woman at the well. He just said, this is an opportunity for me to serve this lady. You will see the nature of a servant inside him. He saw people distressed, helpless. He said, how can I help them? The Bible says he had compassion on them. He fed them and he healed them. He was always looking for, 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 for a good opportunity to help people. To serve people. Brothers and sisters, we need to begin to do that. That is the nature, that is the DNA of Christ. He was always looking for needs. So the Bible says, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ. Somebody came to him one day and said, Jesus, Master, tell my brother to divide the estate of our father, our inheritance. Please tell him to divide it equally. You know what Jesus said? He said, uh, he was reasoning. Can you see his mindset? I've come to serve. Who made me a judge over you? The first thing we saw in that Bible passage is that he took the nature of a servant. For us to progress in the purpose of God, for us to see our community changed, for us to see the kingdom of God advance in this world, we have to have this mindset of serving. The Bible talks about David in Acts chapter 16, I think. The Bible says David served the purpose of God in his, in his generation. If God has given you a purpose and destiny in life, the best way to fulfill your purpose is to serve that purpose. Brothers and sisters, I want to challenge us. We need to begin to serve. What is the area of your service? Can you say you have the DNA? The Bible says, how do, you, how do you know a tree? It's not by its leaves. It's by its fruits. The first mindset is the, is the mindset of service. What is the second one? Verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Humility. You know, before I go to humility, I was, I was talking to Zita some, some time ago. I, I like having fellowship with our elderly, the elderly people in the church. You know, I just go, if I want to just refresh myself, just go to Joseph and Joan, go to Zita's house, and I know I'll be saturated with the presence of God before I leave. <laughs> so I was just talking to her some time ago. Do you know that this building... They were part of the people that bought this building. 
this place was burnt when they, they, they bought this building. Voluntarily, Asev and um, Ivy will come and clean this place. You know, she was telling me that 31 years ago, they were praying, God, please bring foreigners to this country. And I was telling her, I'm one of the product of our prayers. <laughs> so what you see today, service is a good thing. Service is a good thing. What's the second thing? He humbled himself. He was not thinking highly of himself. He knew he had power. He had authority. He used his power to serve people. You have influence. You have wisdom. You have money. You have time. What are you using your, 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 your time, your resources to do in the kingdom of God for our community, for our city? What is your ministry? Because he humbled himself, the Bible says, you know, I was so, so, so happy with what the Bible says in verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Jesus was not a selfish man. It was not about himself. And what will he do? If you humble yourself, the Bible says, you will consider others better than yourselves. Wow, that is very, 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 very uh, difficult in this generation where you consider others better than yourself. Most of the time, the tradition, our tradition, is to look after our own interests, first of all, before we look at the interests of others. Isn't it? That was not what Jesus is saying to us. But don't think you can be looking after the interests of others and people and God will not look after your own interest. So we need to come to that level where we are thinking, where we humble ourselves. The Bible says, humble yourself in the mighty hand of the Lord and in due season it will lift you up. You cannot humble yourself and God will not lift you up. The Bible says it gives grace to the humble. Can you imagine? This was Jesus. He created everything and the Bible says everything was made for him and by him and through him. And they were calling him Satan. And he didn't retaliate. They abused him. They spoke so many things against him. He humbled himself. Why? He had a purpose. Humble yourself so that you can achieve the purpose of God in your generation. What is the next one? He became obedient to death. Even death on the cross. Brothers, this is one area. You see, I'm just looking at the mindset of Christ. One, the Bible says... He took the nature of a servant. 
Two, the Bible says he humbled himself. He was not looking after his own interest. He was looking at the interest of others. If we say we have a servant heart, we'll be thinking, what are the needs? How can I meet the needs of people in my workplace, in the church of God, in my community? God, what can you help me to do? When I was a physio, I was... I had this mindset. God, what can I do to, to, to bless people? What can I do to bless my profession, to make treatment easier for patients and for my colleagues? I went into research. Before I resigned, I did three researches. If you go to Google, just type my name, Koforola James. I can't bolarin. You know, sometimes when I see professors quoting my work, I ask God to give me treatment techniques for treating pain in the heel and tennis elbow. That was what my colleagues were using in the whole of the Northwest. Brother, God has not given us the spirit of fear. It's not for us to just sit down and not do anything. It's for us to impart our world. It's for us to impart our community. It's not just for us to sit down and not do anything. Jesus was obedient. You know, sometimes we have prayed and we believe that, God, how can we come together, encourage ourselves, impact ourselves, I mean, share together? We talked about connect groups. We don't want to force it on anyone, but we, we believe. You see, this is the reason why we don't control, we don't manipulate, and we are not forceful, and we don't lord things over people. You know why? We are not commissioned to lord things over people. We believe if you are in Christ, you have the ability to hear from God and to respond to God. But sometimes we say we don't have the time to serve Christ. is very costly. You know, that was one of the things Richard was saying. It will require a lot from us. Why? Because he gave us grace for us to do what we couldn't do by ourselves. The whole world is waiting for your, the, your, your manifestation. The Bible says the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the, of the sons and daughters of God. People are powerful. People have the spirit of God inside them. That's why the Bible, <laughs> so when Ryan brought that word, there's a tsunami coming. Did I, should I say, did I even say it's coming? It's here now. To remove those things. To break down those things that are restricting us so that we can be a blessing. It has a reason, so that we can be a blessing. Obedience. When they took Paul to King Agrippa, You know, in Acts chapter 26, he was talking about his story, how he was a very, very stupid man, how he persecuted the church, what he did with the chief priest. But he said, when he encountered Christ, you know one of the things he said? He said, I was not disobedient to the vision of the heavenly calling. If we say we are in Christ, the first thing, the first manifestation that God is looking for is obedience. 
The Bible even talks about Jesus, that he learned obedience, Hebrews 4, by the things that he suffered. God is looking for obedient children, not just children that will hear him and just go away and not do anything about it. This is, these are the mindsets, three mindsets I want to bring to us this morning. The first one is that he took the nature of a servant. The second one, he humbled himself. The third one, he was obedient. The last one I want to talk about. The Bible says that, at the name of Jesus, no, the Bible says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is lost to the glory of, the, of God the Father. Ah, there is a reward. There is no one who has this mindset that God doesn't reward. When the Bible was talking in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For they that come to God, they must believe that he is, he exists, and he rewards those who diligently seek him. God's blessing is coming over our lives. But not over people that do not have the mindset of Christ. Sons and daughters are powerful people. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as the lion. There's a reward coming your way. The Bible says God gave him a name. Wow. The Bible says, Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, I think, yes, verse 19, that he has given you power. Jesus says, I give you my peace. I give you my spirit. God has inserted something in our life. The Bible says he, he has raised us far above principalities and powers, authority and rulers. That's where we are seated. Wow, there's a reward for you, my brother. There's a reward for you, my sister. God gave Jesus a name that is above every other name, and you see the word, therefore. You can't have the mindset of Christ and be useless, and be a non-entity. You can't dissipate in your generation without people, without people seeing what God will do for you, and what God will do through you. Let me read. I will just read this, and we close. It's a prayer for us. Isaiah chapter 42. And I'm reading it in Amplified Bible, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1 and 4. Behold, my servant. See what God does to his servant. People who have the nature of a servant, the mindset of Christ, whom I uphold. What I'm talking to you about, please, is not self-determination. It's not, it's not self-willed. I'm asking you to go back to God. What does he want you to do? To reflect on this mindset. It says, behold my servant whom I uphold. Oh, God is looking for people to, he, he wants to uphold them. When this nature, this mindset of Christ is in you, God upholds you. I have put my spirit upon him. He puts his spirit upon you. And it's not the spirit to make you 
slave to fear because fear brings torment. Look what he will do. He will bring forth justice and righteousness and reveal truth to the nations. This has been my prayer. Truth to your community. Verse 4, it will not fail. This is my prayer to us, church. When we have this nature of a servant, I even want to prophesy unto us as a church. We will not fail. We will not become weak. We will not be crushed. We will not be discouraged till we have established justice here on earth. There's work for us to do, brothers and sisters. Let's give ourselves fully to the work of God. Lastly, you will not fail. Let me say that again. That's the last thing I want to say. You will not fail. You will not become weak. You will not be crushed and discouraged until you have established justice here on earth. That's the plan and purpose of God for us, church. Amen.